Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Adios, old friend. Yeah, I've got no secrets and no regrets. Well, a lot of regrets, but the point is I've got nothing to hide. Kind of like the way Progressive shows you their competitors' rates. You gotta put it all out there, baby. Excuse me, miss. Does this heart belong to you? Would you like it anyway? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Who's not? Look at beat his man and throw it down. Look out below, Kyle Kuzma. Couple of quick steps. That great reach and jump. Down it went. Like you said, where, where do you come from? Everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where thank the Lord Almighty for King Kyle Kuzi, because without him, there would not be much to gush about regarding the Lakers in this preseason. King Kyle Kuzi has been our only saving grace thus far. Just don't use the abbreviated acronym of that moniker. Do not, please do not use it. It would be very bad. But anyways, we're here. I'm joined by my co-host, Tommy Alexander, who was at Game 2 of the Lakers versus Nuggets at Staples Center with Allen, actually. 
Sadly, that was still a much more watchable game than tonight's Game 3 without Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball. But, Tommy, I ask you now, how's your litmus test presently for the Lakers? It's just preseason, dude. I don't know if the mic picked that up, but I was audibly sighing. Um, the, my litmus test is negative numbers at this point. I'm not lit at all. I'm negative lit. And I I just don't really know what to say. I Well, actually, I do know what to say. I'll have a lot to say as we go through this. But <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, I don't know what's going on right now. Yeah, I would say it's been a very bizarre preseason just by the fact that Kid Koozie is our best player. I mean, objectively. Like, we're not even joking. So- like, yeah, not even close. <laughs> you know, sometimes that's a joke we say. We like to play around. This time, it's like sadly not one. And yeah, the Lakers lost again 122 to 104 to the Denver Nuggets. They have given up in three games this preseason 108, 113, 122. Okay. Not good, Bird. <laughs> um, yeah, so it has been a tumultuous preseason to say the least. Uh, I think we've gotten a dose of reality, a reality check here with the Lakers playing real NBA players. You know, the Lonzo Ball effect that people have been, that people have been heralding. I think works a lot better in in summer league basketball with no name dudes and D league players and rookies than it does in the actual NBA with actual NBA players who can play in this new era and new system and know how to scheme for those things. But outside of that, we'll get into the more specific into more specific stuff of why the super run and gun up tempo style isn't exactly clicking for the Lakers right now. Uh, before we get to that, though, please rate and review us on iTunes. Please follow us on Twitter, first of all, at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes, because the more you rate and review us, that's how many more two-minute practice videos of the 76ers we'll see where they just miss every wide-open layup jump shot and three that they take, so we can at least feel a little better about our own team. Because I think the Sixers looked a lot better than us, actually, in their actual gameplay tonight, but... Yeah, so rate and review us on iTunes so the Sixers can suck and we don't have to be the sole team here wondering where our team is headed. Uh, With that said, here we are. Lakers 0-3 in preseason so far. You know, we're going to throw out all the typical caveats here in terms of it's just preseason. Tonight, the Lakers were without Lonzo Ball, still was dealing with a sprained ankle. Brandon Ingram was dealing with a head contusion, which I've never really heard before. I thought it was just going to be labeled a concussion, but it is a head contusion. And still no Brooke Lopez and still no Andrew Bogut. Tommy, I don't want to delve too deeply into this one game. <laughs> we, can, we, can just, we can just quickly go through it. We'll do overarching and then go through the top line headers. And then we'll go basic impressions of the Lakers preseason as a whole here. Um what were your general thoughts on this game? Was there anything to extrapolate from a dumpster fire like this outside of Cal Cousy? Nothing positive to extrapolate. Uh, for me, and I, I'll probably say this a few times throughout this episode, but I just have no idea what the Lakers are doing. You know what I mean? It it, it makes no sense. They look completely lost on both ends. And look, I get the caveats we're missing three starters, you know, like half of our team is new players. Like I get all these caveats, you know, more than half of our team is under 25. You know what I mean? Like I, I understand all this, but it just looks like we have no game plan on either end and it becomes like more and more apparent. And, and I guess what bothers me even more than not having a game plan 
is how like Luke just continues to say in interviews and, and stuff like that, just nonchalantly like blow off, like as like blow it off as if like, Oh, well we haven't installed that yet. When are you going to install it? Dude, this season starts in two weeks. Like there's not that much time. I just don't understand what they're doing. Allegedly all they did in training camp was work on defense and then Luke has some interview today where he says, like, oh, well, we haven't even installed our three-point rotations yet. <laughs> it's like, what were you doing this whole time? You know, it just – it makes no sense to me. Like, you weren't – so you weren't figuring out how to defend the three-point shot, the most you shot, like, at this point in time than at any other point in NBA history. You you haven't figured out how to defend that. You know, you're not exactly, like, a great paint defense, defense team because you play small a lot, like – you also have it not installed any offense whatsoever. I'm like, what has been going on this whole time? And I, and I'll have more to say about this, but for now, that's, that's my that's what I can extrapolate from this game. Damn, this is gonna be a lot rawer Lakers legacy episode than I thought. <laughs> um, no, but you're right. I I think this is where we we're kind of seeing the line between rhetoric and show and actual production out there on the court and you know we've heard all summer long all this great stuff about how the guys have been working really hard they've been in the gym 25 8 oh my gosh they got luke's got to lock them out of the gym and hey that's great and all but if you don't actually install (laughs) defensive and offensive fundamentals and actually get down to the nitty-gritty like that like just pure Working hard is not going to get you anywhere. Just running up and down really quickly and getting the ball out is not going to get you anywhere if there's if it's not accompanied by fundamentals and discipline, right? So it just seems to me like we're just playing a funner brand of Byron Scott basketball. <laughs> they're just having they're having more fun, obviously, and the camaraderie is better, the culture seems better, and all that stuff. But where is the actual like you said? How come it, none of this stuff has been implemented yet? Yeah, and I always say, like, okay, they say this, they say that, they say this, they say that. But I said it on our training camp uh, or, you know, our media day episode that we did. You have to put your money where your mouth is at some point. You know what I mean? They talk about all this stuff constantly. And, like, they even – they're, they even talk about how they don't want to be one of those teams that just talks about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like they're that aware of what they're doing and they're still doing it. It's just completely mind-boggling to me. I don't like this, like, let's let us let us be so nonchalant about the postseason. I'm not going to say, like, Lonzo Ball, you know, could have played through his injury tonight. I'm not going to say Brandon Ingram could have played through his injury tonight you know, or Lopez, you know, dealing with these back spasms. I guess what I am trying to say, though, is this is not like a veteran team that we're expecting to go out there and win 45 to 50 games. So, you know, risking a potential further injury in the preseason is is like, you know, not worth it. These preseason games are arguably as valuable to us as like the regular season games. You know what I mean? Like, I, not not to like put too much emphasis on the preseason. It's still preseason, but we are a team that needs every possible moment together to like learn and grow. And like, yeah. I just don't understand what the point of like waiting is. You know, like let's wait to install this. Let's wait to install that. Let's wait till let our veteran players get on the floor. We're halfway through the preseason. It's it's a short preseason this year. We've already wasted half our games. The season starts in 2 weeks. You know, we have guys who are veterans who like 
could have played but like haven't played yet because oh we're going to ease them in they're veterans we have young guys who like we're letting sit out maybe longer than and the result of all of this is we have not even put together our full team on the court and we don't have an f- offense we don't have a defense we don't have a team i just i'm so sh- i'm confused i'm very confused well, I mean, everybody knew that the season was starting earlier, right? I mean, they knew this ahead of time. And given the fact that they've been working yeah, out all no summer. Sense. Yeah, they've been working out all summer. Luke's been in there with them. Mark Madsen's been in there with them. I saw it firsthand when I visited the training facility, you know? Yeah. So why in those times were they not at least trying to implement things here and there and not yeah. kind of feels like they're cramming everything right before school starts, you know? Yeah, so it is confusing. And I think the thing for me that scares me the most is just all the rhetoric. The, you you said it yourself, but I feel like like the Lakers play so far is going to be a microcosm of everything because all the expectations that have been thrust upon this young group from all the big baller brand hype on Lonzo Ball. You know, Lonzo Ball is currently projected to to win Rookie of the Year from all these people, executives and all that stuff. You know, Magic Johnson saying Brandon Ingram's about to average 22 points. Watch out, you know? Right. Like, all this stuff is, like, being placed upon us. You know, Lakers d- made the right move, trading D'Angelo Russell because Brooke Lopez is a good player and we're going to have two matches. LeBron James, blah, 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 blah. And LeBron James might be like, yo, not even I can help this team. I think I'm out. <laughs> you know, I, I just I don't want us to be a team. I'm so afraid of us being a team that's just rhetoric focused, and then we wilt under all of the rhetoric that we've been spewing from yeah. the start of Summer League, which is bad. So we're like an overhyped, overinflated team. And it's like a hundred percent of the rhetoric, you know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's like even the stuff about Palenka saying this identity of this team is they never stop competing. We've let, literally not competed for ninety percent of the three games that we've played. You know what I mean? And I was at one of them, so I can say like yeah. in person, it looks just as bad as it looks on TV <laughs> in terms of guys just like giving up. It's it's just like amazing. It's like a parody almost you know what i mean it's like we said all these things to only go out there and go as far extreme in the opposite direction as we possibly could yeah and i don't want people to like i'm sure people who listen to this will probably be like yo why are you guys so doomsday it's like game three of preseason and you know we understand all of that it's just we are only yeah, it's, we're it's, only saying stuff from what we've seen, you know. That's all. That's all we can take from, and it's pretty much everything they've been saying too. And my point, and again to rebut that point, I don't give a crap that they're zero and three. You know what I mean? It's about how they play in those games. Newsflash: We're going to lose a lot of games this year. Like at best, where we can hope to finish like tenth in the West. Tenth in the West would be like outstanding for this team given how you know competitive the west is and how much talent there is in the conference and how bad we are so 10th would be like an outstanding we we said multiple times like 30 33 wins as like a reasonable estimate maybe for this for this kind of team it's not about the losses it's about how they lose and how they look when they lose and how there's just this sense of like complete chaos like every other team walks over us like we're a high school team. It's insane. And everything we do looks so forced and painful. Like when we play defense, we're like pepped up like puppy dogs out there. Like every single little jerk or motion is like our guy bounces across the court. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we, we have no body control on defense, no body control on offense or plan you know, no idea what to do on either end. It's just like, I, again, we're, I'm going to repeat this so many times, but it's just mind-blowing to me. 
Yeah, for sure. Okay, I promise we're going to get a little bit positive, but let's go through game three really quickly. I know we started off kind of on a down note here, but yes, game three, terrible game. Obviously, no Brandon Ingram, no Lonzo Ball. Let's just go. Let's just go through the top line stuff. Um, yeah. Um, what is your? Do you have an offensive play of the game? I'll start with. Oh. I'm going with the the Kuzma baseline drive after the shake into the one handed reverse dunk on the other end, which was semi reminiscent of Kobe Bryant because Kobe loved doing that baseline up and under windmill dunk, and Kuzma kind of did it. And to be honest with you, I did not know Kuzma was that athletic you know when we were watching his draft tape we're like he's kind of athletic but all of a yeah, sudden this know. summer it, it it's amazing how he he looks like Steroids, he looks like an all-star dude. it's weird dude it's crazy uh Steroids. do you have an offensive play of the game <laughs> the, my offensive play of the game is definitely although the kuzma one was really nice mine is definitely julius randall taking it down the paint taking body contact and hammering one in mason plumley's face that Plum play sauce. was that play was sick. Okay, like it was, and, and it leads me, and we'll talk. I'm sure about specific players, but this point that I'm I'm going to allude to it now and talk more about it later. Just flashes with Julius Randle make him like such a frustrating player to watch because you see what this guy can be, and then you know, fifty percent of the time he's completely different. But we'll we'll talk more about that later. I'm sure. Right. No, that was a great play by Julius getting one in and yamming it down on one of the Plumley brothers. He only has seven more to go. <laughs> I think I forgot which Twitter user tweeted that out, but that was pretty funny. That was funny. Also, I was going to put, I gave consideration to Kyle Kuzma's, it was like very advanced footwork by him in the first half where I think you know what play I'm talking about, where he drove it into the lane, spun, did a like a reverse spin into like a hook banker or something like that but he showed a lot of poise and veteran footwork in that one move alone that i didn't think he possessed i mean he's showing a lot of things that we didn't think he possessed but that move and that move in particular was very uh advanced already so props to kyle kuzma uh what about your do you have a defensive play of the game for me my defensive play of the game for the lakers is the designated commercial breaks the Lakers negotiated for as part of their Spectrum Sportsnet contract because that always helped to stop the bleeding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but if you want a real one, I guess maybe, I think in the first half, Randall had a rim contest where he like yeah. blocked the guy's shot. Unfortunately, no one was there to rebound the basketball, so it ended up you know, becoming a second chance point for the Nuggets. But hey, that was a good defensive play, Randall, in a vacuum. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> I think it was another Randall block, but I want to say my this one, the one I'm thinking of was in the, uh, the third quarter. It was like a Randall-Thomas Bryant combination block, and it was like part of a series of plays that Randall had on both ends of the floor for, honestly, this was like five, a five-minute stretch where I was just on both ends of the floor. I was like, wow, this guy is like a serious difference maker. Why doesn't he always play like this, you know? For sure. All right, that's cool that we even got defensive plays of the game. Uh, let's let's move on to player of the game. This should be pretty easy for the third straight preseason game and night of the row. <laughs> Kyle Kuzma, everybody. Our number one lotto pick this year, Kyle Kuzma, <laughs> as everyone expected. Uh, man, Kyle Kuzma tonight led the Lakers again. 21 points on 7 of 9 shooting. Holy nuts, man. He is shooting in three he games. So 25 good. for 38. 66% field goal percentage. 
He's hitting shots from three, hitting shots from all over the place, off the dribble, pull up off the dribble, dunking at baseline, doing spin moves. This guy has the softest shot I've ever seen in my life. It's so soft. (laughs) It's so soft. His touch is amazing. Like the way he's able to finish, he's a great cutter. Uh, I mean, he made some pretty nice passes as well tonight that guys couldn't convert on, including one on the baseline where he like whipped past it to someone on the three point line. Um, Kyle Kuzma has been a revelation. I'm guessing he's your player of the game too. Kyle Kuzma is the player of the game, player of the world. He is the most (laughs) valuable player of the NBA. Uh, This dude is amazing. And it's like you kind of alluded to, it's not just that he's scoring. Although, look, this is a big part of it. Yeah, he's scoring 22 points a game or whatever on 66% shooting over three preseason games. Like, that is extremely impressive for any player to do, okay? It goes beyond that for me, though. It's not just that he's doing that because, look, on a crappy team, somebody has to score the ball, right? And, like, okay, great. You might get lucky for a few games and get some wide-open shots. You're a big man. You might get some perimeter shots up pick and roll or pick and pop, I should say, and and you get a high percentage, okay? It's not that. Kuzma is scoring in so many different kinds of ways. It's like it doesn't ever feel like, oh, this is something that can switch off. Because when guys like, oh, they're so-and-so streaky, so-and-so streaky, it's because they have certain limited moves. And when those moves aren't working, they're off. Kuzma is scoring in so many ways. If his jump shot's not falling, he's taking guys like from the post for dunks, like that baseline dunk that you said was the play of the game. He's taking people like... Uh, round screens to for to take to make his own shots like off the dribble <laughs> he's taking guys uh in semi transition catching and shooting like he's playing pick and pop he's taking it off the you know he's he has yeah i mentioned the post moves it's it's just insane it's insane how many moves he has he's only 22 and he's never played a game in the nba in his life yeah and like now defenses are accounting for him and every time he pumps fakes for a three they're closing out and he's like taking advantage of that closeout by driving it in flipping like, up a soft how is shot this guy <laughs> so smart nobody else on our team can figure it out <laughs> this guy's like a genius and everybody else on our team is like actually played in the nba and they they look like they have no idea Kyle Kuzma, NBA savant, ladies and gentlemen, all in the last three months, apparently, because he didn't do any of this in Utah or barely showed glimpses of it. What's crazy, though, is that I don't know if you saw tonight especially, but they were going to him specifically for ISO plays in the way that you'd go to a Kobe Bryant or what we've been trying to do with Brandon Ingram or stuff that Julius Randle's been doing, where he'd be posting a guy up and they would look for him whenever the offense broke down. And he would capitalize. He would do and something he, like with the ball, made a you know? play almost every time, which is insane. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I think what makes him so lethal is his quick release jump shot. He can get that off whenever he wants to. It's not a fluke. The fact that he it's can really just not. pull up whenever—that is like a veteran move. That's what separates oh, like superstars from normal players. You well, can just dribble the ball and then pull up. And we said this in the in the summer league. Actually, it's not just Kyle Kuzma's having a hot shooting summer league. You know, we've seen a variety of players come and go in the summer league and completely ball out and wreck everybody. We said it's weird because there's certain things about Kyle Kuzma's game that suggest maybe this is not a fluke. Kyle Kuzma, what other power forward in the NBA shoots coming off of a screen like that? You know, mm-hmm. both as like a. a without the ball and with the ball. It's insane. He takes people off the dribble and takes jumpers with such a fast release. Like 
can you think of another power forward who shoots that quickly? It's it's insane, and it, it just like all these things are just suggest that I don't know what happened in college, but this dude is just like he's good. He's just good, you know. No, yeah. So I mean, props to Kyle Kuzma for uh, once again being our only saving grace this preseason, and I mean he's putting the league on notice. He's putting everyone on notice. It thank God because it kind of I wouldn't say it takes pressure off of our other guys, but. Man, it's certainly not making everything such a doom and gloom scenario, given the fact that our biggest weakness right now is that we don't have a primary scorer. It was supposed to be Brandon Ingram, and look, he's only played two games. He has been aggressive in those games, but it's clear Kyle Kuzma shoots better than Brandon Ingram. I mean, he does. He's he just shooting better than everybody. Yeah. And um, until Brandon Ingram can actually prove that he has a legitimate mid-range jump shot and a legitimate three-point shot... Um, he where he's not going to be that primary scorer that we're looking for, and I mean, you know, to, to Brandon Ingram's credit, we'll yeah. get into more, more of it a bit, little bit later. Is Brandon Ingram's best moves right now are him contorting in the lane for awkward angled layups and stuff, you know, which yeah. is great. But I mean, you can't rely on that every single time, especially with the big bodies here in the NBA. That dude's going to get injured. So, well, I was just going to say like. Brandon Ingram might not be the 20 point per game, whatever guy that magic said he would this year. And I think he can still be really good and not be that guy. And, and that's the key is if we have a guy like Kuzma who can rise to, this is really sad that it's come to this, but like, he actually is really good. But if we have a guy like Kuzma who can like kind of take some of the burden that we're expecting from our wings and forwards in terms of scoring, if he can step in and take some of that on, it'll only help his teammates. Like it's, it's not going to make Brandon Ingram look worse. It'll make him look a lot better because Ingram will feel like he has to force it less. I think exact same thing for Julius Randle. He's going to feel like he has to force it less. And, and that's where I get to, I don't know if we were going to talk about this eventually, but one thing I've been thinking about this entire time talking about Kuzma is at what point does Luke Walton just say, this guy has to start, you know what I mean? Like he's that good. He's you know, maybe by the end of this uh, preseason, it becomes fairly apparent that beyond besides Brooke Lopez, he might be actually our second best player. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> at what point does Luke Walton say, okay, I'm sorry, Julius, like Kyle Kuzma has to start that it is what it is, you know? Yeah, for sure. I, I'm afraid, like, I'm trying to temper my expectations again of this guy because he's objectively really good, but I'm not going to put it. I'm not going to say that for sure 100% this guy might not turn into a pumpkin once the regular season starts because the regular season hasn't started yet. You know what I mean? True. I don't know if he's going to psych himself out once that starts and begins, but so far he's like responded to the pressure at every level, which has been great, but the regular season is the regular season. So fair. And, keep it up, Kuzma. <laughs> keep it up, yeah. And I guess honestly as I was saying that, I was thinking like, okay, well – Maybe prove you could do it off the bench during the regular season, and then we'll get into the discussion of of should you be starting or not. Right, and right now he's probably looking at the starters and is like, well, nobody can score on this damn team. Let me just play like a, what is it, a, a rioter and a looter in a riot or whatever so that he doesn't have any pressure on him. So he's just literally going out there and firing up shots with reckless abandon, right. and it's working out, you know, but... Yeah, hopefully he doesn't psych himself out once the regular season starts because we're going to need him. So, yeah, yeah, Kyle Kuzma, everybody. Uh, hopefully Kuz. that continues. Koozie Kuz, Kid Koozie. <laughs> okay, to wrap, to wrap this game. Kid Koozie. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
<laughs> we're just gonna throw out all, we're just gonna keep throwing out as many nicknames for Kuzma that we can come up with. Kuz control is a little overused at this point, so we're trying out all these other things. Um, to wrap this up, did you have a surprising player of the game tonight? I think for me, in limited minutes in the fourth quarter, it will be Josh Hart with nine quick points. He looked pretty solid out there for his first game back since summer league, pretty much, and I think he only played like a game or two in summer league. So uh, I thought he looked pretty solid. People have thrown out this comp before, but kind of looks like a Courtney Lee out there if he can just shore up his shot and his defense. But I thought he played a very solid game tonight. What about you? I agree with you. Uh, Josh Hart played really solid limited minutes, uh, showed decent effort and instincts on uh, on defense. Um, I don't know about the game. On the game, I probably agree with you with Josh Hart, but that's boring. So in terms of surprising players of the preseason so far, my guy is probably Tyler Ennis. I don't know if he was that surprising today, but over the course of the three games, I think Tyler Ennis has been sneaky like a solid backup point guard option. You know, like if Lonzo can stay healthy, which, I mean, there's no reason to think he won't, but if he, assuming he can stay healthy throughout the season and give us like 30 you know, 32 to 35 solid minutes a game. I think, and Ennis and I think Ennis and Clarkson can do a pretty good job of splitting the, the backcourt, uh, the backup one minutes, I should say. Yeah. And I mean, Luke Walton has even credited Tyler Ennis for bringing pretty good defense to a team that does not play a lot of it. So great job by Tyler Ennis for coming in and playing solid backup point guard minutes and also using his length to be, at least an adequate defender. Um, what about disappointing player of the game? And for me, this might, Ugh. this is the game, and this is probably also for the preseason. Um, and I mean, it's not so glaringly disappointing, but I think for me, in terms of like the expectations that we had for these guys and like the make or break year that these guys are supposed to have, I'm a little surprised that Larry Nance hasn't really shown up yep. at all. Almost. I mean, he's been active like Larry Nance usually is, but we're playing him at the center spot and you're just seeing these bigs absolutely murder him because he doesn't have the size. I mean, it's one thing if Larry Nance is trying to guard the perimeter and stay stay with guards, but he's being asked to play small ball five sometimes and he's just being eaten alive. And then an offense, like he's still not doing enough. I mean, he was supposed to show that he had an improved three-point shot. I thought he was going to start showing off more of his handles. I think tonight he actually tried to take it coast to coast. He just blew the layup. Um, But it's like too few and far between in terms of this is like his third year now. And he, he is very lucky that he's on a very cheap contract and that it's not a contract year for him, you know, because that's the only thing that's separating him from, you know, Julius Randall in terms of, why you'd still keep it at 50 50 because right now it's like you'd clearly keep randall over nance it's just the contract situation between the both of them kind of makes that murky because right now nance is still on for two more years and randall's is up after this year and we're going to have to pay him big money um you know i mean nance's value has been we we've chronicled nance's value before and how he does the little things and all that and magic johnson has even said that you know, Nance has been the one guy who teams have been calling about for trades. Well, I mean, so far he's just been non-existent right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think that's why I'm disappointed where he, I, I was hoping he'd show progression, especially with given the fact that he knows that Julius Randle is going to come in this year, like gangbusters because he has to prove himself on a contract year. And he clearly sees Kyle Kuzma is a freaking God. So yeah. the fact that he's just here, like kind of being the same player he was and maybe even worse is, not yeah. great. What about you? 
Yeah. So just to add on to the Nance stuff, I totally agree with Nance, first of all. But it's at what point do you, you know, hold a guy accountable for not getting better? Like, as much as we criticize Randall, he's improved every year. Like, he improved dramatically from his sec- in his second year compared to his first year. He, in limited, I mean, in bursts, not the entire preseason, I wouldn't say, but in bursts, he's shown improvement over even what he was last year. And you sort of see those flashes, but at least you see flashes with Nance. If you just told me, you know what I mean? Like you could, I could literally be watching clips, highlight clips of Nance in the preseason from two years ago. And I would not know what, you know, showed me clips side by side. I wouldn't know which one was two years ago, which one is this year. You know what I mean? Like he's the exact same player. His shot is, you know, he's just as reluctant to take his shot. He looked slightly more aggressive tonight, but not really. He and he's reluctant because he's not consistent at it. He doesn't have three point range. He looks sl- uh, like trimmed down, which is fair because like you know Magic wants all these guys to run and like be lean, but that doesn't help him defensively when he's getting like pounded in the paint. I even feel like defensively he's like so distracted by putting himself in the role as being like the vocal defensive player that he f- often falls asleep off the ball himself. You know what I mean? It's just like, this guy needs to wake up and get it together. But sort of similar to all these, you know, similar reasons for being annoyed. My most disappointing player is Jordan Clarkson. You know, pretty much take what we said about Nance and, you know, extrapolate it for his specific play type and the same exact reasons. Yeah. uh, I mean, right now it's not a good look for anyone. So we could really probably pick a lot of people. Um so yeah, I mean those those are disappointing players of the game and the preseason in general. I think we can just start talking riffing about um, the Lakers' outlook right now from what we've seen. Uh, let, let's jump to Julius Randle. I think, like you said, Julius Randle has shown improvements here and there. He's shown flashes. At the same time, is this, this is his third year, right, or fourth year? This is his third. Well, it's his fourth year, but it's his third year right. playing. Right. And so the thing with Julius, and I've said this before, but Julius can't only be slightly better than he was last year, this year, in order for the Lakers to keep him. He has to be like miles better. Right now, Kyle Kuzma, objectively, is way better than Julius Randle in every facet, you know? Like, you can't even really argue that. And if, if, I think that's the biggest deterrent to Julius Randle staying on this team. Like the fact that Kyle Kuzma is playing so well is making him expendable just because the Lakers are like, well, we got this guy for like three more years on a cheap first round contract. Why are we going to pay Julius Randle 12 to even 14 million a year to just clog up another power forward spot? Even granted that you could play both together and they've looked pretty good together. You can play Kyle Kuzma at the three eventually. That's fine. But for me, Julius Randle has to show leaps and bounds that he's like a better player. And still, I think we, we're still, it's not to the extent that of Nance and Jordan Clarkson, but it's, I feel like Julius Randle is still the same player as well in terms of, ooh, we see great flashes. And then, ooh, he's still trying to do weird stuff in the post, like weird Kobe Bryant stuff that is unnecessary. Or And I understand it in the context of this team. I mean, he's looking around and he's like, Nobody can freaking score the ball right now, so I'm going to take it upon myself. It's just that that's never really worked out for Julius Randle, so, and it's still not working out. And then the much-heralded three-point shot that he was supposed to have, he hit one tonight, you know, which is good. 
but that's never going to come along. You know, I I don't want to say never, but it just doesn't look like that's an actual thing that's ready. going it's to happen. It's yeah. no, it's like really awkward. His stance is like, yeah, it's it's re- it's super awkward. So for Julius, you know, he's probably going to be forced into a role where he has to take on s- more of the offense because we don't have a lot of primary scorers. I just don't know how that's going to look because we're still getting a lot of ISO Julius, you know, tunnel vision Julius. And he, I think he's doing a lot better job of um, not barreling into people and showing more body control, which is what he's yeah. mentioned he's been working on. And which he's important. hitting some, yeah, and he's been hitting some mid-range jump shots, which is good. But if this is just going to be another season where, where Julius Randall just does good stuff here and there and then he frustrates you here and there... I don't think that's going to warrant the Lakers re-upping him or saving that cap space for him unless, God forbid, we strike out and we have no choice to, you know? So, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, so I feel like Julius... I feel like even I'm a little bit unfair. People, I think, generally are unfair to him. I'm including myself in this. And the reason I say that is because we're in a weird position where we kind of have to just, like... We have we're we're not going to be able to keep this guy and not really see what he could become because we have to keep our cap space open because we have to pursue you know these big guys that we big name guys that we've been talking about. But Julius Randle is twenty two. He's going to turn twenty three this year. Like he has a lot of solid years to play to to continue to grow and get better. And there's no reason to think he won't continue to get better. But it's like you said, he has to get miles better for us to like, for us to want to keep him because we have other options now at at that spot. You know, depending on who we chase in free agency, we might have guys who like make his role redundant. We we've drafted Lonzo Ball, who kind of makes again makes Julius redundant, and I just don't see. I don't see Julius consistently reaching the point that he needs to get. Like you've kind of mentioned too. Like I, I alluded earlier to, you see these flashes with Julius and it makes you get kind of even more frustrated because you're like, wait, you're like competing so hard on both ends right now. Like offensively, you're making good plays. You're showing like why you worked on your athleticism and getting your body right. Like how many times do we see Julius drive into the paint, make this like, like super quick, super explosive move, elevate and just flip it up. Like he's throwing a rock. You know what I mean? It's insane. And with the no touch clangs off the rim from two feet away, it, that, that happens so often. So when you see him third quarter, go off the dribble, jump into Plumley, take the contact and dunk it. You're just like, why don't you do this every time, dude? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is why you got yourself into such good shape. When he shows those well, flashes... Well, hold on. Sorry. Let me tell you why he doesn't do that all the time. Because that was the perfect play. That's the, Those are the only plays he should be making where he's cutting with space. Like, a, as a cutter and finishing, you know? Yeah. But too often, he has the ball in his hands and he's going in there he's with going, traffic. And he's going side to side rather than at the rim. You know yes. what I mean? So... So yeah, look, it's not why can't why don't you do that literally every single time, but it's just to say there have been occasions where Julius had space and you see him run into his guy, take the contact and flip up some weak ass shot. You know what I mean? 
jump up there and take the contact. What was the point of getting into the most, like the, the, uh, the best shape of your entire life? You know what I mean? It was to do stuff like that. It was to do stuff like on defense, flying around the court and jumping up and rejecting shots. I think he had like three blocks in this game. You know what I mean? Yeah. And not to say he'll, he's going to be able to do that every game, but why not just keep up that effort? Now that, you know, Lou Aldang, Lou Aldang is not a bad option to get some backup for minutes if we need extra minutes to be taken there. You know, Kyle Kuzma has shown he can step in and take over some backup three minutes, so it's not like we're leaving Ingram, like, high and dry. So this is all to say go all out at all times and if you get tired, other people will be there behind you. And hopefully you don't get tired because that was the point of getting in this awesome shape. So, like, I, you just see all these flashes with him. And it's like, just do this every single time. Like, every single play. Like, use your brain. Like, be a smart player and play hard. I just, I, I don't get it. He just can't sustain it. Well, it's even worse this year. Not only the contract year... But the fact that you have a frame of reference in Kyle Kuzma where he's hitting these soft yeah. floaters off the, the, the glass and contorting his body and finishing in all these myriad of ways. Yeah. And you look at that and you're like, oh, Julius, that's what we've been missing this entire time. Yeah. You know? so and I'll just say, like, just to be fair to Julius even, he doesn't have to be that kind of player. He you doesn't. know what I mean? I feel like he's imposing it on himself to do things like be a player that he's not and he just doesn't have to if he only did the things he was good at which like i said for like this five to six minute stretch in the third quarter julius was just playing within himself and i was like wow this guy looks good right now and i feel like he's having an impact on the game the different like he doesn't have to be kuzma kuzma who he is apparently <laughs> which is like weird to say <laughs> But apparently who Kuzma is, is a scorer and a guy who can score in a variety of ways. And that's what he's comfortable doing. And that's the role he plays in. You don't see Kuzma like standing out at the top of the key trying to go and one style moves on people because he knows that's not his game. So Julius, if he just stays within himself, is like so much better. And I, he just, but he can't do it. I mean, we've been saying that since two years ago, you know, so yeah. I mean, it goes back to the point that we've been saying, like a lot of these guys are kind of like a hamster in, in, in a wheel right now, spinning that wheel. So and things are going to have to change. My last point on, on Julius and, and this topic, I think, is um, you mentioned it that, you know, we're kind of unfair with Julius, but I think the context of the situation makes it so that we're warranted to be unfair. You know, like we've been saying, like he has to be way better. He can't just be good. He can't just show improvement. We, we have to make a big decision coming up. And because of that, we have to be a little more unfair than usual. Um, and, you know, people are throwing out the Nance versus Randall comparisons. And la the other night they were saying Randall's clearly better than Larry Nance. And I'm just like, that's always been the case, you know? It, yeah. That, that, that has never been an argument. Like, Julius Randle is a number seven pick versus Larry Nance, who, when we saw his highlights, we were like, who did we just pick up? You know, like, yeah. the, the, the argument between Nance and Randle has always been who's the better fit, you know? Because when Nance is at his highest peak, which is he's hustling, he's playing defense, blocking shots, he's being a great role man off the pick and roll and dunking over people, like, sometimes that is 
much more useful than a Julius Randle who decides to barrel into people, get offensive fouls, and turn the ball over. You know, that's all people are saying when they're when they bring up Nance and Randle. So the fact that people are still confused, you know, Randle's way better than Nance. Yeah, he should be in a vacuum, but in the context of any team and situation, it, it, it's it's up for debate. And, and right now, none, neither of these two guys are <laughs> are warranting a spot on any team or like a starting spot on any team, especially with the way Kakuzma has been playing. So. Hopefully the older guys kind of uh, snap out of it. But amongst older guys, I mean Jordan Clarkson, Julius Randle, and Larry Nance, yeah. and they get their head in the game. Because if you remember, you brought it up, Jordan Clarkson talking about how those guys huddled up together over the offseason to talk about their NBA future and whether they really wanted to be in this league, not just as any other NBA players making a paycheck, but they were really existentially thinking about their lives as NBA players, you know? So, so I much hope for that. they f- Follow through with that. Uh, with that said, let's quickly close it out with uh, Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball. So um, let's let's start with Brandon Ingram because, and I guess they can go in concert with each other. We saw D'Angelo Russell play the other night against Brooklyn. 19 points, 50% shooting. He did the normal D'Angelo Russell things we've seen him do before. And kind of showed why we thought it would be a good idea to maybe have him play with Lonzo Ball first, just to even see how it works out, because thus far, the guy we got for D'Angelo Russell hasn't even played yet. Um, so the the biggest problem for the Lakers outside of like not having an offensive scheme or I- installed yet, and the, them just running with their chickens with their heads cut off, is the fact that they don't have a primary scorer, especially in the half court when the system bogs down. They're relying on 22-year-old rookie Kyle Kuzma. And... <laughs> Brandon, which is so ridiculous to say. And Brandon Ingram is supposed to be that guy. He's like our only hope, really. And then they've been parading that about this entire offseason. And based off of the one summer league that we game that we saw him play, we're like, oh, yeah, he's ready. I mean, even the first few possessions of game one where he had like a quick eight points, we're like, all right, Brandon Ingram, here we go. And then his shot start, stopped falling. And then in game two, it was more of the same. He really couldn't get a rhythm going. Um what are your thoughts on Brandon Ingram? I'm not as low on him as um, some other people. Just him, yeah. just because I I actually like the aggressive mentality. Am I worried whether that mentality will actually match up with the results? Yeah, of course, because I don't know if his jump shots actually legitimate right now, or if he can like do that pull up off the dribble, Jay. But I like the mentality so far. I like the fact that he's he's gotten stronger and he's continuing to waltz into the lane with his old man steps contorting his body in weird ways and getting, being able to finish. Um, but I just hope that they get him more easy opportunities, like get him, get him posting up because he's a really great post up player because he can shoot over anyone. Um, I hope he has more cut opportunities, stuff like that. So far, I think what we saw in summer league has not really materialized in preseason in terms of we thought we were going to see so many outlet passes, so many easy opportunities, so many buckets for these guys. And that's even why I thought maybe Brandon Ingram could reach near 20 points just because maybe four or six points of those will always be fast break. But so far that's not been the case. So right now I'm very tentative and and, uh, apprehensive about Brandon Ingram being the superstar scorer that they've been heralding him to be. Right now, I think we we settled upon maybe tops 15 points per game, you know? So, yeah, what are your thoughts on Brandon Ingram so far? I'm also not super low on him. In the in game one, he was super, super aggressive, and he just got, you know, tapped a lot. I, he's, I swear in game one, he got tapped on, like, seven shots. Yeah, he did. Game two, 
again, started off very, very strong and aggressive and, and I thought played very, very well in like the first six minutes of that at game two, but then started to force the issue a little bit too much. I feel like Brandon Ingram is like from everything you hear, he works so hard and I think he's so anxious to like get out there on the big stage because he kind of got like a little swag this summer. It feels like so He's so anxious to get out there on the big stage and like prove himself in front of everybody. But I think he's not playing with his head. You know what I mean? He's like playing too much with his heart and he's like too lit and he's like going out there (laughs) and he's like really showing it. You know what I mean? And he just needs to like have a more calm, like cool confidence. You want to err on the side of like, you want to err on the side of Kyle Kuzma slash like, (laughs) this was just really funny to say. You err on the side of like that kind of confidence, though. You know what I mean? Like when they ask Kuzma sure. on media day, like, "Oh, do you? Th- are, were you surprised at how well you were playing in summer league?" No. <laughs> Did you <laughs> like like what about winning the summer league MVP? Oh, I expected to win that. You know what I mean? Like, but like super chilled out about it. You know what I mean? He's not. But Brandon Ingram is almost more like leaning. He's not Julius Randle level, but he's like leaning towards that side. Where, like, he's so anxious to go out there and show how good he is now that he's, like, forcing things so much. And and I think that's contributed to his somewhat slow start. Game three, when he temporarily was in the game before his head injury, I thought he actually looked pretty good there, too. Um, And then the head injury, and he wasn't able to kind of continue with that momentum he was building. So that's another I'm I'm not, like, anywhere remotely close to saying, you know, like... I'm I'm like not sold on Ingram. I still think he's going to be really good. I think I still think he has a lot to offer. And I actually do still think like he is going to start to look a lot better when somebody like Brooke Lopez gets integrated because yeah. Brooke Lopez can easily score 20 points a game, you know. I think he's going to easily score 18 to 20. He did last year on the Nets. Um we're going to play a similar style. And you know, he does it on an efficient shooting percentage. So, you know, he's going to get like his 14, 15 shots a game here just because we have nobody else he could, who can score. Even the Nets had like some people who could score. You know what I mean? So yeah, we have nobody who could score. So I think once that, once Brooke Lopez steps in, it's going to take a lot of the pressure of off of Ingram to just constantly go one-on-one on every play. Um, and he'll be able to score in the ways that he likes to score like, you know, spot post-ups, cutting to the basket, you know, catch-and-shoot uh, mid-range jump shots, you know, even, you know, taking guys off the dribble from time to time. Like, he'll be able to do more of that stuff and not feel like he has to force it every single time because we have nobody else who can score. Yeah, I agree. You know, Brooke Lopez can be that safety valve, quick dump off into the post, and then maybe he cuts and Brooke Lopez hands it off back to him. You know, stuff like that will definitely help him out. Yeah, so I'm not too worried about Brandon Ingram as well. Like you said, he's like a puppy in heat right now, which is fine. It makes sense. <laughs> it's yeah. just, it's just sad that like if if he had another guy like D'Angelo Russell with him, I think that would calm him down a little more. Right now, it seems like the pressure is like really on him. It's on him, and it's imposed by. It, frankly, it's imposed by the team and by himself. You know, like right. You want the guys to ha- hold themselves accountable and 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 want to get better. But like the team, I feel like is, they need to like tone it down a little bit with like (laughs) all this, all this talk. Like, I know you want to pump up your guys' values, but like, let's, let's calm it. Let's calm it down here. 
And now we transition to Big Baller brand. <laughs> so, Lonzo Ball, BBB, here we go. Um, Lonzo Ball, he, <laughs> Triple B's, he's looked okay. He has not looked spectacular. He definitely hasn't looked, and it's been two games, so we're not overreacting to anything. But yeah. he hasn't looked like 62% favored to be Rookie of the Year, Lonzo Ball, because even Ben Simmons in limited action tonight in 20 minutes, and Ben Simmons had a very Lonzo Ballish line as well. I think he had 9.7 rebounds, 9 assists. I was just watching his highlights, and I was like, oh my god. This guy looks like LeBron James, the way that he's facilitating, the way he's running the break. And obviously, a lot of that is just due to his God-given talent and physique being a 6'10 dude who can dribble the ball the way he does. And he's able to see everything on the court because of how tall he is. And that's something that I don't think Lonzo Ball can just naturally possess. And the way that like Ben Simmons just rams the ball down defense's throats you know he's such a physical imposing force um but i i think we're all hoping that lonzo ball can have that same sort of effect that he has but yeah. right now i think it's gonna take some time if people are expecting summer league mvp lonzo ball to start the season out or even for the full season i think they're gonna be disappointed because it's going to be easy for Lonzo Ball to get 16 points in Summer League, you know, just by being as athletic as he is. But we're seeing, especially with real NBA players again, like the deficiencies in him not being able to break his man off the dribble, you know, not being aggressive to take, call his own shot when he's in, when he drives into the lane, stuff like that. He's still very smart. He's still doing the things to move the ball. But in terms of like, hey, Lonzo, you're our go-to scorer, do something really quick, or not even just score, but do something with the shot clock running down, uh, it's going to be an adventurous time for us in Lonzo Ball, to, at least to right. start the season off. So right. I think people need to like pump that down a little bit too or push that the Lonzo hype a little because it's not going to look like it's Summer League. I think people are, that impression is still, and it was for me too, I was like, it was so emblazoned in my head that I was like, culture changer, here it comes. We're going to be so good. We're going to win 40 games because this guy is just going to change everyone's mentality. And then reality check time, you know, it's like, this is yeah, real NBA. Yeah. So I, my, so like, yeah, I mean, my take is game one is game one and it was a tough matchup for him. But despite that, he put up 5.7 rebounds, eight assists, only three turnovers. So I thought his game one was solid. I actually think his game two was pretty solid. It just like as a team, we look kind of look like crap. But I thought individually he played solid until he tweaked his ankle. Like he was putting up stats across the board. You know, he did have some pretty bad turnovers in the first half. Um, but he hit, you know, he hit a three, he hit a couple jump shots actually. And had he played the entire game, he easily could have put up, you know, 16 points and eight assists, which is not bad for a second game, you know? So I, I think. Lonzo looked really, really bad his first summer league game. I thought even his second game, although he put up like a 11-11-11 triple-double or whatever he did in that game, he still wasn't having this type of impact that I thought he was going to. But once things started to click and that team really started to like come together as a team, he just like... in he goes as the team goes, you know what I mean? It's like, you know how some teams it's like, Oh, that team's going to go as Kemba Walker goes. You know what I mean? Lonzo goes as the team goes. So like if the team all comes together and like buys into like what we're trying to do here, he plays a lot better himself, both offensively as an individual score. And also, you know, besides the stats, 
I feel like he's just much more engaged as a facilitator too. So, and you really maximize the skills when guys are actually like moving and doing things off the ball. So I, I think Lonzo is going to have that type of summer league impact at some point this season. It might not be right away. And especially with how slow Luke is like implementing everything, apparently it's definitely not going to be right away, but I think it'll be within 20 games. I, I think like at the quarter point of the season, there's going to be a shift. Unfortunately, that's like when our our schedule gets absurdly difficult and we're going to lose like 12 games in a row. So hopefully that doesn't like make them depressed or like, you know, go away from what's working. But I think at some point around the quarterway mark of the season, it's going to start to click because I do think Lonzo is a special player and I don't think he's like the last two number one, last two number two picks we had. I think he, this dude is like NBA ready and that being said, NBA ready, especially for point guards does not always translate to success in the first two months. But after the first two months, I'm expecting a big, big boost from him. Like kind of how you see, like even, you know, guys like Steph Curry, Kyrie Irving average nine points a game for like their first two months. And then all of a sudden doubled that by month three. I think, I think that's the kind of rookie or impact uh, that I'm expecting from Alonzo. Yeah, I sure hope so. And, you know, that's fair. It, it, it'll it take some time for him to click. And I think that's the only message that I want to relay to people. I still believe in his culture changing impact. I just don't think I think too many people have Summer League etched into their minds and are expecting big baller brand Lonzo to come out here and just, you know, murder the league. And, you know, yeah. only, Cal Kuz, only like, Kyle Kuzma can do that. That's true. And the thing that sucks is we haven't. And again, it's annoying to say stuff like what I'm about to say, but it's true. Like we haven't gotten a good look at what our team is going to actually look like during the season. And it's unfortunate because it's so short. Like when is this going to happen? But anyway, getting beyond that, it's like Lonzo in the summer league was playing with guys who were getting stops on one end. They weren't always having to take the ball out of the net and obviously worse players were involved. But I guess here, because our offense just overall has been so bad, we're constantly like backpedaling on defense, giving up easy shots, and then there's just not that much opportunity to run. I don't think we're going to look exactly like we did in Summer League. Like, we can't, right? NBA defenses are just way better than Summer League. But I think it's going to be closer to Summer League than it what we've seen in the first two games that he actually played. Um and that's just going to come with time and guys getting reps together. But getting back to what I kind of said in the beginning, it's like, then we can't be so nonchalant about everything. We at some point it has to be like, look, this is, we have to get better. Like now, you know? Well, NBA defenses are better than the summer league, but NBA offenses are way better. And we yeah. were getting stops just because those guys suck. Guys were missing league, open you know? shots. Exactly. That's what, <laughs> exactly. I was, that's what I meant to say as well. And um, if Which they do happen. not, no, and if they don't shore up their defense, like I told Alan in our last episode, I was like, you can't only play frenetically on one end because you're already amping it up for the other team. So if you play no defense on the other end, then it, it's going to be chaos. It's going to be mad chaos, and you're going to put up points, sure, but you're always going to be giving up 120, or like how we've been doing. So yeah, obviously, it's only been three games. I think we'll leave it there because we could go on and on about like what's going on here and what we hope to see happen so far 
we have a bright spot in terms of King Koozie, Kyle Kuzma, yeah. Kuzmania, whatever you want to call it. That, that's that's a great thing to have right now. The fact that Brooke Lopez hasn't played. I never thought I'd be pining for Andrew Bogut, but oh my God, Andrew Bogut, here we go. Like we could use yeah. some big dudes who could bang some people down low, you know, and like protect the rim. Well, so I'm looking forward yeah. to that. Yeah, Sunday might be the first time we actually have our, like we can actually try to play reasonable lineups that might reasonably appear in a real game. And there's no time to waste. That's time to, like, do it in this game. So I hope yep. Luke actually has put some thought into, look, there's three days off until the next game. Which at this stage is, like, so meaningful because you're not thinking about a billion different other... Th- First of all, you never get that much time off in the regular season. And second of all, you're not, like, seriously game planning against the specifically against the next team because it's not regular season. Like, you just have three days to practice your own stuff. And then go out there and play actual rotations that are going to play for the actual minutes that they're going to get in the regular season because, like, there's no more time to waste here. Yep, agree. With that said, we will leave this right here. As usual, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes because the more you rate and review us, that is how many times Kyle Kuzma will continue to lead the Lakers in scoring. Let's keep it going. That's three straight. Let's keep it going. Yep. We are at 195 reviews. Can we get it to 200 before the season starts, Tommy? There's no time to waste. Can we get it to 200? We better. We better. That's right. Also, patreon.com if you want to um, donate a dollar, three dollars, anything helps. Patreon.com slash the Lakers Legacy Podcast. Also pinned to the top of our about section on our Twitter page. We've got some cool new episodes coming up. Uh, got some cool things planned. Hopefully some awesome guests as well as the season progresses. And hopefully the Lakers will also start to look more together, more co- more like a cohesive unit. And we get all our guys back and everyone's healthy, and we start to see some semblance of actual Lakers basketball, actual Lakers Showtime basketball. So with that said, Tommy, I will catch you later. Here we go Sunday. Later. Peace. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents, which means you're going to start telling your kids to clean up before the cleaning lady comes. Doesn't make sense, but you're the parent and they're the kids. You're going to start telling them that now, too. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. And there's your opening to remind them who pays the bills around here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. Hi, did you know that you can get a quote on your motorcycle insurance in under three minutes at Progressive.com? And did you know that saying hi makes even bad news sound good? Hi, you have high cholesterol. Hi, you're fine. And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Hi, there's no more Yep, even our commercials sound better on a bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, Progressive helps keep you on yours. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states.